actually the 67th episode of SETI BIMCO altogether, and the Ooh. 17th of season two. Oh. Yep. Nice. Is there any specific, is there a particular special meaning about 67 to you? No, I just hadn't told anybody for a while what episode okay. it was. What are we going to do for special episode 69? We're going to, uh, <laughs> going to go to song. It's Seti Finco Part 2, The Revenge. The show where we create revenge sequels that nobody wanted. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, Mr. Betty Puddles, too. It's Seti Bimco, part two, The Revenge. <sighs> and we're going to watch oh, later. Oh, do something? What, what? No. Oh, do I say where we craft <laughs> revenge sequels for movies that never had them? Did you say crap? Cra- no. We create. Craft. Come on. Craft. Craft. Tim, we're right. a classy podcast. Craft Cheese, our sponsor. No. Um, yes, we're going to watch Shriek of the Mutilated later on <laughs> and what we also do with these episodes we pick a wild card question oh my ring where we find out which character which character from this movie would be most likely to do something before you so. do that i just want to mention to everybody that ring you just heard clicking was tim's green lantern ring he wears it everywhere yes he says it's powered by willpower but i don't think it is so shriek the Mut- mutilated we're going to shriek of the mutilated shriek of the mutilated later. We're going to talk about which character from this movie would be most likely to. Oh, geez. What? <laughs> Too easy. Get mutilated. Shriek. <laughs> yeah. Well, most likely to wake up next to a dead body and not know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's even a choice that oh, man, that could be anyone. Oh, so, so you, before we go yeah, into go uh, news yeah. stories, because um, <laughs> you, you, you shared some news stories, you always do. But the problem is, is that we do record quite a bit in advance. I know. And I it, know. it happens a lot where people have recorded them. But I was just listening to, at the time of our recording, the most recent episode, which was... Uh, oh, F- like Fantasy that, Island. Too. Pagan Island. Pagan yeah. Island. That's it. I was like, oh, I couldn't remember the name and you actually kind of offhand throw out a great idea where you want to talk about things that are enraging you. I was going to say, and we for- forgot to do that. We forgot to do that. <laughs> and I was listening today and I'm like, oh my God, we should totally do that because that's, I so let's talk about what enrages us instead. Tim, do oh. you have anything to go? Um, I noticed you were quaking with rage as we started recording. So I figure you have something ready. What enraged me? Um, you, How about uh, the constant horns and fucking sirens coming on your end? <laughs> that enrages me. Um, you, you go. I know those something. Right. I mean, that's the thing. I know, and like in that episode, we <laughs> joke about how I was coming hot with something I'm super angry about. And honestly, today I had a pretty nice day. Uh, what am I enraged about, though? Well, this cancel this segment. About. No, 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 because I got some. <laughs> so uh, Tim and I both live in the great borough of Brooklyn, and the thing about Brooklyn is there is a lot of people who live in right yeah and there's certain we live in a society so to speak and there's certain things you have to do in this society to make it tolerable for everybody um and there's a lot of stuff that happens with my neighbor sometimes it's not so tolerable there's a guy we like to call drumbeat pete who Mm -hmm. plays bongos 
He's been doing this for years now. He has never gotten better. He has never tried any sort of rhythm. He just goes bop da boop da bop da boop da bop da boop about that, and that's it. Can does he, it all times a day and night. Can you play that? That's fam- not- can you play that famous song, Popcorn? No, by Hot Butter. No, he can't because he no. can't play any songs. He can only do bop da boop da bop da boop da bop da boop da, and that's it. But that's not what's making me mad today. And then not I have big. another neighbor who every morning at eight o'clock just starts randomly banging on stuff for about an hour. Hands? Uh, sounds like a hammer, maybe bricks. I think it might be drum beat Pete, the same guy, just banging stuff, just being a dickhole. Like, you know, don't do it at eight in the morning. That's unpleasant to hear first no. thing. Yeah. Have to close our windows. If like my girlfriend, she sleeps into like 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. You know, that's hard for her. That's not <laughs> pissing off today either. I actually got a good start today because this guy started a little bit earlier. So, but you know, I ate two pages today. That's awesome. Here's what pisses me off. All right. Someone in my neighborhood has a little dog. And I know it's a little dog because of the little dookies that this little dog is leaving up and down my block. Are they, are they shaped like upside down uh, ice cream cones? <laughs> hey, like every my one dog of them does. <laughs> no, they're not as special as your dog, unfortunately. Just little <laughs> fucking little, little Hershey's kiss turds that they're just leaving. And they're just not picking it up. You only so have one right outside... Person. Well, I assume it's one side because it's all in one section. There's about six houses from my block to the to the corner. Mm-hmm. And there's little shits in front of all of them. Wow. And right in front of my gate, you open my gate. I live in a brownstone. You step outside. There's like a little fucking turd right there just waiting for someone to step in it. Are you sure it's not Now, the I should clean this turd up. Yeah. I mean, if this was, wait, Tim, if this was a rat, that'd be scary. <laughs> it'd be a very big. It's a very small dog, a very big rat. Okay. Little fucking dog turd just sitting there. Like, some asshole let them do it. Somebody who just is like, my dog's innocent and runs free. I don't like to put him on a leash. I also uh, don't like to pick up after my dog. So mm-hmm. this is what's pissing me off. This person yes. who left a little little dog shit right where I'm going to step in it, almost certainly. And I could pick it up, but it's like, all right, like I said, we live in a society. Yes. It's not my job to pick up that dog shit. You took on the I, – I pick up the cat shits from my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one else comes in to do that. No one else comes in to do that. I, if I step in my cat shit, I mean, that sucks. That you know of. <laughs> wait, wait, Tim. <laughs> you know, like, we have had company. Do you think they're coming in and stealing little turds? Do I, would you, is that theft? Uh, no. I feel no. like if I invited a guest over. It's only theft if it's the president. Because they keep, <laughs> they keep the president's poop. You know that. When he, uh, when he travels, he poops in a special toilet, and they don't allow his poop to stay in the foreign country because you can find out things. I, you That's know, true. I, I hope – oh, God. Why do you so not believe like that? Because if you, cat, someone poops, they can be like, you got cancer, you got blood disease, you got – That's you know, true. What do you eat? What's, do you like ham and, and butter sandwiches like, with poison? Like – like, <laughs> well, it's like that we've talked about all – since that was a reference to uh, an I old know. episode of Sandy Bim Cover, buddy, Dr. Cook's Garden – since you're doing that, I'll throw in, like, I've <laughs> talked about how when I visited my friends lived in the Czech Republic, they had little uh, shelves in their toilets to examine. So they could check. Little dudes. We, do that. we yeah. did that joke. Can't yep. do joke. So, uh, yeah. So you might be right. Maybe that, that's degrading. I would, right there, that would disqualify me from being president. <laughs> well, they throw it away, but they don't leave it in other countries. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't want people looking at it. So, okay, that's except what's for, a raging me. Except for England. Oh, they leave it in England. Yeah, because they're like, and that's where Boris Johnson came from. <laughs> He's just Trump's turd. You man. can solve this problem with the dog poop, though, George. I know exactly how. how. Is you, it, you go buy uh-huh. a dog food salesman costume, uh-huh. and you get some dog food uh-huh. that makes poop green. 
and you go to each Ooh. house in your neighborhood one at a time who has a dog and you're like, hello, uh, I'm Mr. Pet Food Salesman. And uh, you give them a bit of deal. What if they don't take the deal? And you got to wait. Like my my you, precious Fluffykins is a race. Do I grab Fluffykins and just <laughs> shove it down their throat and be like, eat it, you damn dog? Because that's animal cruelty. It's, it's, it's a hole in my plan, but yeah, each you just got to let that dog eat the green food. And you're like, nope, not that one. Then move on to the next house. Mm. Say, Hello, I'm Mr. Dog Salesman. I got no access to the dog salesman. <laughs> That's the same accent you always do. Hello. Tim is the man of two voices. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, three. If we count Minnesota, you say one word <laughs> funny. I'm hoping that we'll we'll see some of these voices come in today when we discuss. I don't know. So that's that's, that's what's in Raging George Corner. What Tim, what's yours? You got anything? Did you carry bananas into your local bar and fear to <laughs> fail to impress any supermodels again? You you won't like what I'm enraged about. Uh oh what oh <laughs> is it democratic presidents? You're like, I hate when the Dems are in charge. No, because I Mega I saw Quantum Mania. Quantum Mania. Oh, yeah. And, and? And? The only way that movie would make sense is if you got to the end, because listen, I, I assume people have seen it. If they want to see it, uh, if, if you didn't see yeah, it, spoilers if you haven't seen spoilers uh, if you haven't seen Quantum Mania, Ant Man three. Skip, skip ahead to the timestamp Tim will put in right now. That's right, to make it work for Tim. <laughs> uh, put it, put it on pause for about an hour and come back. Oh, well, come <laughs> and we'll just wait so you pause the music and you come back and somehow it's advanced past this part of the conversation. <laughs> The phone's alive. Uh, All right, so yeah. Uh, we know that Kang has many personalities through time and space, and this yes. is one of them. And the only way yes. it would have made sense is if at the end uh, when he died, when they, when at the end you find out this Kang well, is Kang like, is defeated, is complete, we'll say. Yeah, when this Kang is defeated, if we found out he was like a complete idiot, he was the idiot Kang. Yeah. Because he locked up Ant-Man and Wasp and their daughter. He didn't take away any of their gadgets. That is their only power. Because at yep. the end, his daughter's like, ah, I got a gadget. I'm going to make you shrink. I'm going to escape. And I was like, ah, well. <laughs> what if he. What that, if this that enraged is... me, that lazy writing, like so easy to escape. you stand up and punch the TV? From King. Yes, I know. I, I, uh, I don't know. I was just. That's all. That's it. That's my, right. that's my enragement. The news I wanted to talk about. About. No, the news article was the woman that won the uh, Gloucester cheese race. Gloucester? Do you know this? I mean, Gloucester? Is it, no, it's Gloucester, George. No, it's Gloucester. 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 No. Gloucester. You fucking, you Anglophile bastard. You should know better than that. It's Gloucester. Gloucester. All right, we'll say Gloucester. <laughs> Maybe we'll get angry letters. It's a cheese race where there's a uh, a wheel of cheese. They they roll down a hill, and everybody chases mm-hmm. it. You've never seen this? No. And the first person across the finish line behind the cheese wins the wheel of cheese. So it's it's a steep hill with large with grass. You can't see the, a lot of like the ground you're running on, and so people fall. And the woman who won, mm-hmm. she fell, knocked herself unconscious, and won. So. <laughs> So wait, she fell unconscious and that rolled she woke across. Up, like like she was running against such like infirm people because they they <laughs> these people competing for cheese. Cheese notice like famously bad for the heart. Right. She still won, or did what I'm hoping? She fell and fucking ragdolled down the rest of the hill, unconscious, and was deposited over the finish line. <laughs> no, she because that's funny. Well, you see the video. 
I know. She's oh, okay. Is the video's not funny because you watch a woman like smack her head. I on love the ground. when we refer to visuals on this audio <laughs> podcast. It's Anybody can look it up. Just type in Gloucester. Oh. <laughs> Spelled <laughs> Gloucester. <laughs> That's the fight. It's not even spelled Chester, you idiot. There's no H. <laughs> so, uh, Gloucester, she, she, what? She Gloucester woke up. Cheese. She said, I remember hitting my head. I remember hurting. And then I remember waking up in the tent. That's what she said. So she did. That's, that's she did win despite, yeah. she, she did ragdoll. 19 years old from England. I'm just reading this now. That's coincidentally what most women say after a date with Bill Cosby. Tim. Tim. That's also what George Bush said the day he learned he was president. Which George Bush? The W. The W? I just remember hitting my head. I remember hurting, and then I remember waking up in a tent. That's what Melania said the day after uh, she married (laughs) Donald Trump, too. All right, who else? Who else? (laughs) That's it. That's it? Nobody else? (laughs) I like that each one got slightly closer. Oh, I'm seeing her falling. Nice. Okay. I'm taking out my other enragement. I remember. Oh. My enragement. I wrote it down. Oh, you did? Okay. Last week, we talked about a movie Uh that had a woman with a very symmetrical face. The movie was... Oh, you were talking about the movie Nick Nick Fury, Fury, and there was the woman who I said was objectively very attractive because she was... Several times, George talks about her symmetrical face and how much he likes it. Very symmetrical, yes. And I started to to wonder, and I'm, I'm worried now that George... Judges how much he likes people on their faces, and like, is my face symmetrical enough to be no, George's friend? <laughs> people, if you've never seen a picture of Tim Hamilton, just type in Disney Quasimodo, <laughs> and you pretty much get the idea. <laughs> that seemed very mean. So I was kind but, of enraged later. I'm like, does George like people just with their symmetrical heads? Of course. <laughs> know who doesn't have a symmetrical face? Hitler. Oh, man, <laughs> gotcha. right, I'm walking away from the podcast. <laughs> That's it. Let's go into the movie. Okay. <laughs> All right. Shriek of the Mutilated. I picked this movie, and I'm going to sum it up real quick here. Some All students right. at Fordham University, because that's the where it was filmed, yep. go upstate with their wacky professor, Dr. Prell, so they can mm-hmm. capture a Yeti. <laughs> upstate New York. Upstate New York. Yeah. But all is not as it seems. Ooh, spoilers, everybody. And if you're paying attention pretty much from the start, you're like, something's not as it seems here. Yeah. So first impressions of this movie. So Tim has this tendency to find like kind of like outsider art films oh, that yeah. are like like they're made outside the studio system. They're made outside of like <laughs> most standards of filmmaking. Yes. And they they tend to have like a lot of ambient noise and just like really long shots of people just like whatever the gimmick is. It's at a carnival. Oh, here's like a half hour of people setting up and taking on carnivals. It's a skiing <laughs> thing. They'll be on it's just like it yes. just shows these things like like hey you're hey audience, you fucking apes. Isn't this interesting? <laughs> this movie, Tim, didn't really have that. This movie had a little bit, but it was a nice marriage between the sort of stuff that you normally pose and the sort of stuff that I normally bring, where I like oh. to watch movies about, you know, yetis and werewolves, like horror films. George, did I get and chocolate in your peanut butter? It was two great tastes that taste great <laughs> together. Because I have to say, normally, I hate your movies. <laughs> I, I resent having to watch them. 
I I sometimes don't watch them until the last possible second because I hate them so much. Sometimes I watch them over the course of days because to break it up. This one was like I actually kind of dug this. Yeah, I enjoyed this. Yeah, and it, again, if people have listened, will know that this is a theory I float. Like, there's a there's kind of an invisible line of when movies are intolerably bad and when they're like fun <laughs> bad, and that line is definitely 1970. <laughs> and when Tim finds a movie from the sixties, it's invariably like some, like it's got no dubbing. It's just garbage, just garbage. It's like a low grade edit. And then this movie, 74, it was like, even though like none of these actors apparently ever acted again, no, I don't think so. like there were some good performances. There were some not good performances, but like, like the guy Prell, that guy had some screen presence. He reminded me of the, of the mayor from Jaws. He was trying. Yeah, and like there was some performances being handed in, and like it was just it was more enjoyable. There was also some of the most amateurish crap we've ever seen, and we'll talk about that. <laughs> yes, uh, including so. the opening, which I thought I was in for a real Hamill boner. <laughs> yeah, I know. Where <laughs> it just it was like it's an overexposed black and white shape, and when I say shape, like it's just like. It's kind of like if you've ever seen a photo of an actual Yeti or a Bigfoot and like I use say let's say I did air quotes there. Like it's always like a blurry photo, like of a blob. Like this is like the video equivalent of that. And the typography was, like, was was blurred. Yeah, even the type was blurred. That was weird. And it was just like they were just showing like these kind of images, like something was moving. There yeah. might have been trees, it might have been a woman skipping in a skirt. It was really hard to tell what was going on. Yes. And it was just I'm just like, oh, this is gonna be crap. And that part ends very quickly. It was just the credits. And did you read this, Tim? That is arguably, allegedly, the only part that was actually filmed by the supposed director of this movie, Michael Finlay. Yes, I read that. Yeah. Because he had a nervous breakdown while filming the opening. <laughs> after, after the first day, like he had a nervous breakdown opening day. I mean, opening day of filming. Right. Went off to a local hospital where they shot him up full of Valium. And then the producers of the film called in his estranged wife, mm-hmm. uh, Roberta Linley, who was, I guess, serving as the cinematographer, even though she wasn't on set. And yeah. she supposedly directed this whole film. Mm-hmm. And she went on to direct lots of porn. Well, they did a lot of... Po- so Which I'm surprised. another thing with Tim's is there's a lot of nudie cuties. There is not. These... Tim, so many of your movies are softcore porn <laughs> slash nudie Two. cuties. Like, virtually all of them. Two. Like the, the Pagan Island is a nudie cutie. The what we just did. Art films. <laughs> no, they're, not, they're just. Tim likes to look at. Tim likes to look at like films from the '60s that feature vaguely naked women. And he's like, yeah, she's like 92 years old now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, they did a lot of exploitation movies. They did a movie called Snuff. Ooh. I, yeah, I about a that. snuff film. Yeah, we'll get back to that. I got some good quotes. He. Uh... I did a little bit of looking into him. Did you read about his camping trip he went on? I don't know. No, I don't think so. And the yeah, the only thing he brought was uh, Shamrock Shakes. Like, bought out the whole McDonald's. <laughs> well, that's so weird. Like, definitely years before Shamrock Shakes were invented, he actually went to, he's like, <laughs> he's existed. the guy that pitched it to McDonald's. They existed like, in the 70s. Hey, McDonald's, do they really? Yes. This guy, okay. What's he talking about? So, I don't know, Tim. <laughs> Tim, it's always like I people. People, I never you know what you're saying me. is true. It well, yeah, because you say lies all the time. And then okay. I'll listen to these episodes when they finally air, like three months from now, and I'll sit there with my phone up and be like, 
Michael Lindley Shamrock Shake. And then that's on my Google search history. And they're like, everyone's like, why? Well, so why why Shamrock Shakes, Tim? And I want to remind people we're not recording this day. We're near St. Patrick's Day. Uh, we both have Irish blood, but it's not a defining characteristic of us. Why why Shamrock Shakes? Uh, it was just a predilection he had. Just a pre. <laughs> it's a color green. Okay. The co- you notice yeah. there was no green in this movie, and that there's Actually, a reason for that. You're right. There is no not much green. No. Even though so in the woods, movie, it's fall, and yeah. the foley artist was crunching, crunching up crackers. And he's old. <laughs> go through the woods. It's, it's like. I don't know. And this is why this movie is better than most of the stuff you make us watch, Tim, because there probably was a full <laughs> There was actually, weirdly, sound effects played an important part in this movie. They did. Yeah. So, so we got to get through this. We, we, we yeah, got to get through this a little bit. They open up right. at the uh, Fordham University where they filmed it, I believe. New York City Zone. And this teacher, Dr. Perel, he's a little old man. He looks like somebody, and I can't pick, think of who he, he does. He reminds me. I like, know. I'm like, I thought he was a like. He really does have like, like real actor vibes. Some of these people yeah, don't. I think he. Taught. This guy, I'm like, yeah, and he also interestingly, he had like a like. It looked like his nose had been flattened. Yeah, like he'd been like a tough guy who got beaten up. Little guy, little guy, but good personality. I liked him a lot. He's he's the charismatic lunatic professor, Doctor Prell. Is we hear him giving a lecture about how yetis are real and live in upstate New York. We got lots of drawings of them, cool drawings. Oh, my God, which I forgot about the drawings. <laughs> they look nothing like what we eventually see. No. It's insane. Like, that was somebody in the production was like, this is what we're going to make. And they're like, we got $6. Right. We're not making that. Uh, he also explains that yetis can disappear when humans appear. I didn't know Yeah, that. which that was pretty delightful. Like... And I'll tell you, Tim, as a guy, and me, I'm speaking about myself, as a guy who spends an inordinate amount of time listening to Bigfoot podcasts, oh, no. there is literally a subsect of people who believe that, that, they're, right. that the Bigfoots exist in other dimensions mm-hmm. and pop into ours and become visible, and they're surrounded by a distortion field, cool. which is why every photo taken of them is blurry. Gotcha. Now you know. Now I yep. know. Like, so this is where what's... it started, presumably this movie. Hmm. So Dr. You know Prell I, is talking to, yeah? Nothing. I just thought I should have lots of things to say about that, but going down not, a bad I mean, road. You, you can't. You can't really. I mean, that's the. Th- that's why it's dangerous. Was, I, it was going to be see, Kennedy. When I listen, oh, of course it was Kennedy. <laughs> this is a Pruder film, right? Yes. And let me guess. Wait, Tim. Uh, were that's, the Osmonds behind the Pruder no, film? No, no. Was why, it Pat Boone? <laughs> that's why only film we have of his assassination is so blurry. Never mind. Let's go on. That's good. My joke, joke is going nowhere. Keep it in. Keep it in, everybody. <laughs> Keep it in. All right. So, so Dr. Prell is talking to his four students. Did you get their names? Yeah. There's there's Keith. I mean, oh, you're testing me. Yeah. Keith, Keith Henshaw is his star student he's going to go have dinner with. Yeah. He's like the typical sort of blonde Nimrod we get in all these fucking movies. Karen is. just a per- like. There was a time this was considered charismatic, I guess. Yeah. Karen is his kind of girlfriend. Who's mad at him yeah, for Karen, going out with the teacher? Karen Hunter, I call her Daphne. And Tom Nash, who plays guitar, plays piano badly later on. If you want to remember, yeah, Tom. he's the guy who's looking for action. He's like, "Think we're getting action up in the woods, Doc? You like the fuck?" Yes. So to set up the yeah. movie, the teacher says, "We're all going to go up to this cabin and find this." Oh, wait, yeti. There's one more student, my favorite. Hmm? 
There's one more student, the Velma of the group, Kelly. Oh, that's right, with big giant glasses. Which big was, giant glasses. Um, that's what they wore in the seventies. I get you know again, talking about that line. People in the sixties <laughs> look like dumb idiots, and like her, it was a very seventies fashion. I'm like, I like that look. Way to go, Kelly. That do you like that? Kelly, look? I can't read my own last. Kelly Lynn. All right, we'll talk about those glasses right. later. Yeah, we will. But they're going to a party. Kevin's. Well, first they're going camping to go find the Yeti, and then they're going to go to a party. I know. Yeah. But I'm getting through this. Yeah, but <laughs> Keith, you? the blonde Nimrod, I guess our hero. Yeah. Doctor Prell's like, can you come to dinner with me? Yes. I have a special restaurant I want to take you to. <laughs> and no. There were no shamrocks. Yeah. Nah, never mind. There's no shamrock <laughs> shakes here because. <laughs> I know uh, Tim's obsessed with those this week. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody else goes to the party. Um, and they're playing that music. The pre- which they, they're playing a song, which, Tim, did you like the music? Well, here's the thing. I kind of like it, but not for, it's not for a, a party of college students. Do you think you'd I like the music, yeah. Well, it's a, this was, it's a let's famous just song. describe this party. I'll insert it right this here. This party... This party sucked. It was wet. It was no. Light. It was bright, bright lights. It was a lot of booze, which I give them that. Um, every single person there is wearing a turtleneck. It was hilarious. <laughs> like this is what I picture. Like if my parents ever went to parties, this is what their parties must look like. But they had popcorn. And they were and they were serving popcorn, and the music they were playing is a song called "Popcorn" by Hot Butter. Yeah, I'm playing it right now. Oh, we're gonna go for it. We're playing it. Huh? I, I'll edit. I'll edit it in. I'll tell you because I actually was reading one of the sites that did a deep dive for this. There's two versions of this movie. There's multiple, but one of the versions has a generic track put in here because there was actually a copyright version with it. Mm, I wondered. So, I wondered. Yeah. So then at this party, <laughs> sorry, half hour. Yeah. Spencer St. Clair and a woman who is either his wife or girlfriend show up and everybody. And who is Spencer St. Clair? Well, uh, as we find out, he was a student seven years ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> I hope he was he was a forty year old student because if he was oh like God, this guy, if he was like this guy 20, had a Giuliani level comb over. <laughs> it was insane. If we're meant to believe he's twenty seven or thirty, I... well, they're grad students, so yeah, I'd say he's thirty. But like you know, in the seventies, everybody knows everybody smoked everywhere and they ate shamrock shakes all the time, presumably. So like they all aged preternaturally fast. So he looks like he he looks like a garbagey fifty year old, but he's probably like twenty seven. For some reason, he comes to this kid's party. I don't, and yeah. uh, um, we find out he used to be a student. He went on uh, another trip to find the Yeti, and everybody was killed except him. He just has yep. terrible memories of it. And he's like, field trip? You're going on a field trip tomorrow to find a Yeti again? No, oh, you said trips. no more field trips. He hates field trips. Yeah. And everybody at the party is like, ooh, who invited him? He went bananas. He used to he's be, that crazy guy. Now he's, and now he's the groundkeeper, He's the right? groundkeeper, yep. Yeah, so he keeps ground. And as soon as he gets to the party, he's like, get me a drink. If you notice, yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. she tries to he has hold a, him. He has a wife or girlfriend that's like very devoted to him. <laughs> so, uh, so he tells everybody about like how Dr. Prell had taken them out years before everyone got killed. Three <laughs> of the four main characters hear this and don't really seem that shook. By no, it. no. Like because the two girls and the guy was like, I'm looking for some action. <laughs> I hear this because, like, meanwhile, the only person who doesn't hear is Keith because he's actually having special dinner. It's called with Dr. Prell at a special restaurant. What's it called, Tim? <laughs> <sighs> what 
Wait, I actually want to mention some... this because this is going to tie into my sequel. You, you... They're at this special restaurant. He's like, and I, this is Keith, the the, the quote-unquote hero. Yeah, yeah. Wow, Doc, this is a great place. I can't wait to take my girlfriend, Karen, here. Oh, and I'm the doctor. Yes. Oh, Keith, I don't think you should take her here. This is a place for people with sophisticated palates. Let me order for you. And he flags down the waiter in a kind of snotty way, to be honest. Yeah. He's like, waiter, I'll take my usual dish, two portions. The waiter gives him a look, and he kind of nods at him. And he comes back with some food, which I don't remember really seeing what it looks like, but they eat it. And the guy's like, wow, Doc, this is really delicious. He's like, I'm glad you like it. It's called Ginseng. Mm -hmm. And then I'll do the voice voice of Samuel Clemens. (laughs) Okay. Oh, yeah. Samuel Clemens, uh, a.k.a. Mark Twain, one of Tim's uh, three characters. Let's hear it. What's he say, Tim? You know what they say about, you know what they say about ordering dinner in a restaurant? What do they say, Tim? I mean, Sam. Who is this, Tim? You're talking to. You know my name? It's actually Samuel Clemens. Mark Twain is a measurement once used (laughs) to measure how deep the Mississippi was. Uh Uh-huh. All right. All right. I'm out of here. Wait, okay. he, didn't, he didn't finish his joke. <laughs> come back, Samuel Cummins. Actually, <laughs> Samuel Cummins, go away never come back. <laughs> Just remember the name Jin Sung, folks. Jin Sung. Yeah, not Jin Sang, Jin Sung. Not Dim Sun. Uh, not Gin and Tonic. <laughs> Anything else? No. All right, so we're done. It's just that right. Spencer St. Clair... Puts on a good performance. He crushes his glass in his hand as he tells the whole class that uh, all his his classmates were killed. Yep. And you're right. Nobody's like, everybody at the end is like, great party. Had a yeah. good time. And like, there's no music playing anymore. <laughs> they're, they're all sitting around this well-lit room listening to this obvious <laughs> crazed person right. talk about how everyone died. I'm like, I I mean, I went to college. I There's this one party I always think of that was like the worst party I ever went to. Mm-hmm. Like I was hanging out with some friends. Like, birthday? Yeah, my friends... It was my birthday, and like <laughs> Tim was there, he ate somebody's cake. Actually, that wasn't even my birthday; that was my girlfriend's birthday. But anyway, um, no, I, I went to this one party. It was off campus. I remember it was just the lamest party ever. I was just and like it was well lit, like that. It was just like people sitting around, like listening to groovy music. And I'm like, I have to jump out the window. And it was, because it was well lit, and there wasn't enough people there. I couldn't make my escape. That's what this party felt like. Oh no! Like you're just like there, and like there's a guy like having a nervous breakdown, talking about like how everyone died in this trip. So, well, what music was at this party you went to? They weren't even. Was it? They were, they were not. Was they it playing music. fish? I think it was. It, it might have. Hootie and the Flowfish. Well, we're not allowed <laughs> to make fun of fish because it turns out John, our I'm, erstwhile co-host, I'm not making fun of them. No, you're making fun. He loves fish. Okay, who was he's, it? Hootie and the Blowfish. No, I don't think it was Tim. <laughs> it was Hootie and the Blowfishes. Again, callbacks to episodes. People, it's an impenetrable morass <laughs> listening to our show. It's like. It's so continuity heavy. It's like watching Doctor Who. I was going to tell it's you insane. that I went to a crappy party, but all the parties I've been to have been amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Legendary. Legendary. <laughs> all right. So let's get out of the party. Uh, so, wait, wait, which which I, detail should we do next? Should we oh, finish? Oh, this is my threads. favorite part of the movie. This. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> the party ends. Uh-huh. Spencer St. Clair goes home. There's no uh-huh. words spoke when he's home. He's looking everywhere oh. for more alcohol. His yeah. wife or girlfriend is just right. She doesn't say anything. She just takes it from him as if like, no, enough. Right. There's no word. No, there is a line where I think there's actually you hear the people at the party saying, I feel bad for his wife. He takes advantage of her. 
Like, but like they didn't let this woman speak because she was probably not a good actor. No, but this is when Spencer goes home with his girlfriend. Yep. Yeah, I'm just it, saying. Yeah, you. The did, first did they scene say anything? You hear him say, He's just going through the house looking for alcohol, and she tries to take yeah. it, and he gets and out a, a jagged knife and slits <laughs> he her takes throat. A bread knife and slits her throat. And we're like, whoa, that was a quick escalation. And then, then he's taking a bath with his clothes on. Smash cut <laughs> to the bloody faucet. He's taking a bath with the clothes on, and I'm like. I'm like watching this film, like what's happening here. <laughs> and then we 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 assumed his girlfriend, whose name I wrote down, but I can't read my own handwriting, comes crawling in from the hall, dragging herself, and she's carrying a toaster, a long extension cord, I guess. No, it's it's clearly not plugged in at first. I actually wanted to check, and she carries it to the edge of the thing where he's sitting there drinking like a Schlitz as he's passed out. And she dumps the uh, toaster in there and kills him. The end. <laughs> he doesn't hear her scraping this across the floor. That was, that was a General Electric toaster model A786, uh, by the way. I looked that up. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tim. Worth a lot, a lot of money. Is. Yeah, Tim has a, another um, uh, podcast called Toast of the Town, <laughs> where he talks about different toasters over the ages. It's fascinating <laughs> stuff. We make Your one? current favorite is the four bread General Electric uh, <laughs> model from 1979, right? That was mm-hmm. in four different colors. The most rare being turquoise. Yes, and we always yeah. set fire to one at the end of the episode. There's no, yeah, there's no film. You burn it. There's no, yeah. there's no film. But you're just like, hear that? Yeah, there's, then, there's oh, one on Tim, fire Tim, right Tim. now. Oh my god! And then every episode ends with Tim <laughs> hacking violently as he breathes in like the violent fumes. All right. Uh, now we cut to the white van because of course, Dr. Prell would ride around a white van, you know, with the four students, they're going on their trip up to find the Yeti. I, I, yeah, I, I don't want to hog. I don't want to hog. Uh-huh. Hog. <laughs> we got hog. But I have to do this before we leave Uh-oh. Spencer St. St. Clair behind my favorite character uh-huh. in the movie. I have several reasons why he hates field trips and why he's so freaked oh, yeah. out about field trips. I warned you. Okay. You did warn me about this off camera. Yeah. All right. Uh, he, once, he's not going to gain permission. Slip sign. Once in fourth grade. Uh-huh. His class went to the bathtub museum and all the kids uh-huh. were told not to bring any toasters with them. But of course, Spencer <laughs> snuck in one to make some pop tarts during the tour and it fell in the giant display bathtub and electrocuted Mr. Mittens, the museum's dolphin mascot. Oh, that's, that's weird to name a dolphin without <laughs> hands, Mr. Mittens. But, I mean, I'll just chalk it up to this place is weird anyway. All right. He has fins. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they fins they actually fins. have four phalanges in them, don't they? It's like they think they used to be hands. Oh, yeah. Well, they, yeah, they have uh, evolutionary vestigial arm bones. Yep. yep. Uh, once in fifth grade, he went on a trip to the toaster museum, and there was a giant oh. display bathtub that the kids were told not to go into. But some of the kids jumped into play with their Mr. Mittens Memorial Dolphin toys. Oh, man. And sadly, while dancing to the latest Pat Boone hit, Spencer knocked oh. the nearby 1951 Sunbeam Radiant Control Toaster into the bathtub and oh. electrocuted wow. a few kids. I appreciate <laughs> that you actually figured out what sort of toaster would be around when this guy was in fifth grade. Too. I do my research. This is good. Yeah, yeah. Then in sixth grade, his class went on a field oh. trip to the, the chocolate factory, and Spencer stole oh. a new type of sucker that never ran out of flavor. Sadly, it was the dark meat pork sucker with butter, and he yep. sucked on it so much he had to. He had it clogged his arteries. He had to have open heart surgery the next day. 
<laughs> seems like these are more pro- I don't think these are really the problem of, of uh, no. field trips I think Spencer's just a monster <laughs> that's why Spencer hates yeah. field trips sorry <laughs> in, how many more are there Tim just two more oh my god in 7th right. grade they went on a field trip to the Minnesota Space Needle alright nice Spencer still managed to knock a radio into the swimming pool and he killed several kittens Wow. Was one of the kittens the kitten from Beware the Blob? <laughs> yeah. Didn't live much nice. longer from God said. 1972. Beware the Blob, 1972. Okay. Before this movie. Last reason. In eighth grade, right. there was a field trip right. to the water treatment plant where the workers mm-hmm. encouraged kids to toss toasters into the dirty water, as was their custom. Mm-hmm. Sadly, Spencer wasn't there that day. He was in the hospital having open-heart surgery again as he wouldn't quit <laughs> sucking on that. Dark meat, pork, butter, sucker. That's well, it. You know, he was angry. Open, angry for the rest of his least, life. Yeah, at least two open heart surgeries by eighth grade. I think we understand why he looks so ravaged by age. Yes. Guy had a rough life. So now that okay. that was a that was a good derailing of the uh, the show. I'll be quiet for um, a minute. Do your do your thing, George. All right, let me try to advance this forward. Um, <laughs> Boot Island. We're in a white van with Doctor Prell and the four students. They stop off at a gas station. A guy's like. You're going up to Boot Island in the Hudson Bay, and he's like, "Yep." He's like, "Okay," and it's like, "Our it's the it's the sign of like that there's trouble afoot." Yep. It's like, "Oh, what's going on there?" And then they arrive at like, uh, if you know New York, upstate New York, this is just filmed in Groton on Hudson. It's just yeah. like kind of a nice little. It doesn't look like it's in the wilds. <laughs> there's beautiful houses and stuff. Right. They go to this one house owned by uh, a, a colleague of a Dr. Prell named Dr. Carl Verna. Werner, thank you. Dr. Yeah, Carl Werner. Okay. Yep. And he's like, I did hear the Yeti. I heard it last night. It was higher pitched than a bear, but lower pitched than, I don't know, something. Oh, lower pitched than, uh... <sighs> fucking shit. I don't know. So they're all excited <laughs> to go out and find this thing. He, uh, then I think we need to mention this part. Oh, we need to mention uh, that they meet. It's, this is very racist. <laughs> Yeah, this is the part. Okay. Because it wouldn't be a Tim film without there being a horrendously racist element. Um, there is a man who Dr. Carl goes, Oh, that's my Indian. Right. Laughing Crow. Now. A very Italian man, I think. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to say. <laughs> like, I know that this was a thing in old Hollywood movies where you would cast people who are not actually indigenous to right. play indigenous people. But this guy, I yeah, this guy. I don't think I've ever seen a person playing the part of a Native American who looked less Native American. He might, his real name was Ivar, so I don't even know if he's Italian. Because my first thing was like, who the fuck is this Italian motherfucker? Ang- Angar is but his he, last name. Oh, Angar, that's Angar. it. It's like, I feel Ivan. Like he's like a, Agar, yeah. He also credited, he actually did work in like four movies. Right. So he's also sometimes credited as Hagar, so he might be a Viking. This guy, <laughs> like, whatever you're picturing... I can guarantee you this guy does not like he you couldn't picture someone looks less Native American than this guy. It was insane. Picture and think he, of a guy who you're always saying, please put your shirt on. Please, yeah, just put a shirt like, on. Like yeah, like you're you're like hanging out like the beach and there's like an old Russian guy who's just like like it's just insane. And he's like he's mute. Oh yeah. Because he's been traumatized for a big story to be revealed later. And also the fact that fucking Carl Werner is like, he's my Indian. Yes. So like, he's like a slave. Human trafficking? Yeah. This is disgusting. So, and th- so yeah, uh, 
Tim, this is also a theme in like Teddy Bimco movies. What? Like the kind of brain damaged groundskeeper sort of character. No. That happened in uh, Camp Sunshine, too. I deny it. Oh, that's right. That's true. Yeah. 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 It, and also, that's another movie with probably horrible racism when you think about it. <laughs> they all do. It's just. It's just it's, all white people. Man, actually, I did want to talk about this. This is an addendum to things that enrage me. <laughs> There's so much fucking like casual racism and sexism in this. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, why? Why does that always have to come to the forefront? Like, yeah. listeners, you may not know this, but Tim really – there's a certain group of people Tim really hates. And he's very careful never to mention it during the podcast. Sometimes he gets a little bit too excited about, you know, Hitler. But, like, for the most part, you would never know that Tim hates Armenians. Oh, but, like, thanks. it's just because he, he just keeps it secret. <laughs> like, why – every fucking old movie, their sexism is so goddamn – like, like it's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and yeah. the fucking racism. Like, there's no reason that you have to have a guy named Checks Notes. Laughing Crow. That Man, he didn't name. laugh once. Nope. He no. did. He did a little bit, but we'll get to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's terrible. Yeah. So, and then Laughing Crow is a really good cook. He cooks them dinner. What does he cook him, Tim? We, um, uh, gin sum. Gin sum. Yeah. And, and our second bit of racism... One of the character goes, but I thought that dish was oriental. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, this movie's great. It's a great movie. Uh, they're like, no, ginsung is a special dish. And they and there's several shots of characters burping I know. horribly. <laughs> Gurgly burps, like really disgusting burps. <laughs> and all they're eating is ginsung. And, and, and if you're at home, no and me, I, I had already figured out a whole thing. I'm like, oh, this ginsung is something. Yeah, this isn't just, I figured. Yeah, this, is, this is a little weird, all this ginsung. Um, Tom plays the piano so terribly. What, I just want to get that out of the way. He sings yeah. a song. Tim sings a song about it's called Yeti now, and it's <laughs> Tom. Tom, sings. I'm just gonna let I'll let you draw, draw your own conclusions. Next morning, Tom's like, I'm tired of eating this terrible food. I'm gonna go shoot a deer. He goes off to shoot a deer. No, no, they all go off. They all go off up the hill. Oh, they're all going off looking, but he leaves to go find a deer. He's separate from the rest of them. But 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 first, the theory. Yeah. The ice froze over and a Yeti walked down and got stuck in the island. That's the doctor's theory. <laughs> in upstate New York. <laughs> and he knows there's some caves over there, so that's where the Yetis hold up. That's that's their, yep. their whole plan. And they go yeah, out looking. Yeah, so, I mean, God damn it. Okay, one thing. Like, okay, <laughs> Dr. Prowl, you could go be a lunatic. You could be a crazy person. What's with these four kids? Well, we know it. You follow this man into the woods? I know. This guy, I mean, come on. That's like you have to be you have to be having some issues to think this is sounds okay. <laughs> so they're going they're going looking for the cliff and and the doctor prowls like, I think it's right over that that ledge. Yes. And he he goes looks or something. While, and while whatever goes, the one thing that while Tom goes hunting, I should add. Tom goes hunting. They all split up. And Keith is like, I think I'll go pee over here. Oh, I forgot to mention a huge important part. And Karen's like, I'm gonna go poop over here. <laughs> and weirdly close up <laughs> that lasts for five minutes of just Karen shitting. And I'm like, oh, this is why Tim chose this movie. We did get a description of the Yeti from Carl, Dr. Carl Werner. Mm-hmm. And he had described how it had a very loud heartbeat, which was that was an interesting. Yes. Touch. We're hearing like the this, loud heartbeat. So, yeah, there's this bit where Tom is off looking for this Yeti. No, he's not. He's looking for a deer. And you hear like, boom, 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 boom. But it's very tense. Mm-hmm. And he goes into this old shack that's in the middle of the woods. And it's just a piece of wood banging there. And he's like, oh. But then he's in there, and like you see, like little hints of like something with white fur running around the outside. Right. 
And then Tom gets attacked by a guy in a shaggy dog costume. <laughs> it's so ridiculous looking. They they it's, they must have only found that costume that was white. Otherwise, it'd just be Bigfoot. I don't just, know. And it's like it was shot with like up until now, like I said, like I like this movie. There was actually a certain degree of <laughs> of competence that we don't always see in a Tim Hamilton pick. But once this Yeti comes, like it's just like I mean, you could fucking see that there's pants cuffs on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> it just runs really quick. It's a quick cup, but like he just jumps on him. It's a little guy. <laughs> and I'm like, and like we see his face getting slashed and we hear him scream. And then the rest of them are like, where's Tom? And so they all take turns all night shooting guns every two hours so he can find his way back. And they're not, no. nobody seems that worried. No, Dr. Prell's Prell like, he's fine. He built himself he's a little fine. tent and a fire. He's, like, he's an experienced woodsman. And one of the girls is like, if he's an experienced woodsman, would he get lost? And I'm like, good thinking, lady. Like, get the hell out of here because this guy's clearly a lunatic. <laughs> um, so then next morning. They go out looking and. What? Well, only some of them go out looking. I think because um, yeah, the one the, the girl Doctor Prell goes K- out. Karen is like something's going on. I'm going to go look for him. She's very yeah. She's like you say, very sexist and emotional after this. Yeah, and Lynn, who is the other girl, the one that I looks kind of like Velma from Scooby Doo. Yes. She was kind of maybe almost sort of dating Tom. Like there was two couples, no, and Tom, but Tom was always like she liked to, Tom, but Verna asked him. about it, and she's like, "He's okay, okay, but he's got he's he goes with a lot of girls." Oh yeah, she they kind of were hinting she liked yeah, Verna. She thought Verna was. I cute. describe Verna. Verna, like, so she was she was actually legit cute, like definitely the cutest person in the movie. Um, Verna was like, I'd say he was like fifty six, yes, with a t- mustache, gray with a fucking gray ponytail, and balding. <laughs> I'm like, that's never been a. That's I'm sorry if you're listening and that's what you look like, but you've come, you've had fifty six years to come to grips with what you look like. You're not, you're not model. You're probably not breaking. You're probably not meeting hot coeds in the wilds of upstate New York no. and bagging them. But they have this sexy moment, and she's like, well, I'm going to go for a walk or something. And she goes into the greenhouse sees something we don't know what oh yeah yeah screams runs off like an idiot into the woods drops her glasses like velma dinkley from scoopadoo uh gets her, gets her foot, foot stuck, foot in, stuck in the one random rock it's just the middle, like it's just woods yes. and there's like two rocks next to each other somehow gets her foot stuck in there so bad she can't get unstuck and like it's just it's like you had to really work and then like the yeti falls upon her and gets her presumably yeah they edited out a lot of stuff with her. Like she had a hard time with rocks. Like, <laughs> that the, was that was the extended her... version I saw. And oh, but you're forgetting. Before that, they did find Tom's leg. Yeah, who does? I forget who found Tom's leg. The, was it the Karen, other girl? Because I think she does the big yeah. scream. Yeah, his big severed leg is just there. <laughs> so so now, and then they hear they hear Lynn dying. They come back and they find her dead. Right. So now they have confirmation that at the very least Tom is missing a leg. Let's presume he's dead. No, they put Tom's and leg Lynn on is... the din- on the dining room table, remember? It's just they there. It's just sitting there. <laughs> just his leg wearing a shoe and pants. It's just sitting there. He left the pants on. And they're it. discussing this. Now <laughs> nobody at no point are they like, we should probably call the police. They do. They're just like they're t- But he do pretends they, the phone's they... not working. Oh, I missed oh look. Plot hole solved by Tim Hamilton. Yes, he does call. He's like, um, damn it. It's phone not working. Phone's not working. We're in Croton and Hudson, <laughs> a, a wealthy suburb. That happens all the time. 
Um, so, and then <laughs> Karen, the one girl surviving, is like, we have to get out of here. Lynn's dead. Mm-hmm. Tim's dead. They're, and Tom, and Tom Dr. Pearl's dead. like, Tom, oh, did I say Tim's dead? No, you're, yeah. <laughs> Tom's dead. Lynn's dead. And she's like, let's get out of here. And Dr. Pearl's like, no, that would be so close to finding the Yeti. I'm like, really? Yes. And because he is the worst character in any movie we've ever seen. He says, I have Karen's boyfriend. Yeah. Keith is like, well, let's, let's stay. Right. We're so close. For He's like, are you kidding me? Two of your friends just got killed by this thing. And he says, Dr. Pearl says, I have one more plan. And he gets a pencil and paper. I was like, and they watch him like five minutes of Keith. Watch and he's just drawn a big penis. And he's yes, like, eh? he's huh? <laughs> and they use, oh, well, dead... you want to see what the plan is? <laughs> it's you insane. Tying dead Lynn to a tree as if she's alive for bait. Oh no, that's not the first plan. The first oh. plan is they put out uh, his leg. Oh, his leg in a bear trap. All right. Okay. And I they're trying to capture, they have a whole thing. They're going to tranquilize the Yeti and stuff. And it doesn't go right, but he eats the leg. So then they take <laughs> Lynn's body and tie it up right to a tree with lights uh, and strings so that when he when he triggers a string you take a picture and i'll shoot it i forgot what happens next well first they they do try to give you some clues in here because they say verna you'll have to take pictures and he's like well i'm all butterfingers with pictures i can't take no pictures i'm butterfingers and uh mm. Karen's like, well, I'm going to take pictures. I disagree with using my friend's body as bait. But I'm going to take pictures and get this thing done this with. Is my, this is my big statement. Like, you're literally using my best friend's body tied up to a tree to attract a monster that killed her. But I'll take photos of that. Like, you're the worst friend ever, Karen, except for Keith, because Keith is garbage. But that's our, So then what happens? That's our little hint that maybe there is no Yeti, which by this point, if you're watching the movie, you kind of figure that out. I had a whole different theory worked out, but... Maybe I'll talk about that. Okay. Maybe I won't. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yes, it's them. They're dressing up as the Yeti and Laughing Crow is at home playing a record of a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. There's And, and so, yeah, they're going in the woods looking for it. And Keith comes across. The heartbeat. A, and he's like the heartbeat. He sees, he sees a, speaker. a speaker up in a tree and he's like, oh. And then <laughs> Laughing Crow, for some reason, yes. <laughs> puts on like fucking carnival music. <laughs> That's what's like, on you idiot. his album of heartbeats. There's also some carnival music. It's a big hit from 1974. <laughs> Heartbeats. So finally, the world's thickest protagonist, <laughs> Keith, is like, I'm being scammed. I don't think he figured I it out quite he, yet. I don't know. No, he doesn't quite know what's going on, but he does seem to. It was really weirdly shot, but he seems to knock the doctor unconscious with the gun. Yes. He runs <laughs> off. He steals the car. He does not go back and I save Karen. He just fucking runs. Leaves his girlfriend there. He let her be slapped by Dr. Off, Prowl, we should say. Oh yeah, she was, and she's knocked unconscious, right? No, just slapped because she was being hysterical, like a like hysterical, a woman. It's like a monster is like eating her friend. But the guy runs off, mm-hmm. and, and of course he he, the, he gets his car, his car stuck idiot. in the mud. Then he gets oh, the, he's stuck. Is it wreck? He gets stuck. Yeah, stuck in a mud, like because he's stuck hiding. In a rock, oh, just, like, this is a plot foot. point that Doctor Prell got on the ham radio. It was like, hello, everybody. The dinner shall commence, as expected. Yeah. And they reveal, like, at this point, you're like, oh, so Dr. Prell and Dr. Werner, this is the mm-hmm. thing that they're setting up. Um, and I click over to see how much time's left. There's a half hour still. I'm like, oh what God. the fuck is going on with this movie? So all these now, cars go we by. Know, we just had to reveal that the Yeti is not real. It's these two fucking jokers. It's a Scooby-Doo. And then there's, like, wow. this it, – it's such a – this whole movie is such a fucking Scooby-Doo. Well, with – 
you know, a little bit darker than Scooby-Doo tends to go. But he gets to the police after all these guests go up to the mansion. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's a long line of guests. It looks like a funeral procession. And the police and 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 uh, anyway, that there's some more racism with the guests from around the world. Oh my God! So we see well, the other people. Do we have to cl- say? Do you remember it? it was called like the Charcuterie Gang or something? Yeah, Charcuterie. Turns out they're like an old cult. There's a vaguely French word. I don't remember what it was. They were called the Tomfoolery a... Charcuterie Gang. <laughs> Tomfoolery Charcuterie. Yes. There's one guy whose name is something like Mugabe, who is like picture the most horrendously mm-hmm. stereotypical racist depiction of an African you can. Yes, and that guy's there. And then there was like, African I'm pretty sure there was the kid from like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yes. He was there. Not, <laughs> and, not, um, and his mom. not short round, the, the little prince yes, that yeah. whips short round. Like that kid's there. Uh, who else was Well, the there? rest were was, white people, a, but. Yeah, but some of them were wacky. Were they so it's like wacky. the secret club that meets and eats people. And there's drama involved. For sat- every seven satan- years. Satalia. What's how you say it? The sat- Saturnalia. Saturnalia. That's what they're celebrating. Yeah. Yeah, which I'm like, I will say that's not Saturnalia was celebrating. <laughs> and there's a whole thing where they have to they they could kill some of the people outright and eat them. And oh, by the way, everybody, Jinsung, it's people. They're it's people, people so. just like uh, people. Soylent Green. Yeah, Jinsung is uh, that's actually Chinese for Soylent Green. Did you know that? I I did know that. Yeah, it's that's not true at all though. <laughs> I made you admit to something that's a lie. Well, I'm trying to run. Yes, uh, and you. <laughs> oh um, my god. Ah, it's an hour. Uh, I'm trying to yes and. Yeah. Uh, Keith is so stupid. I'm checking my notes. Keith only now realizes yes, there is no Yeti. Oh, he comes in with the police after we find out all that. He's like, yep. you guys are crazy. You're cannibals. They're trying to eat us. He throws his shirt off. I mean, Jackie is like, I'm taking you in. He's like, wait, why am I doing this? You're supposed to do this, copper. And the cop's like, listen, kid, I'm on their side. Yep. And yeah, it's, everyone's in on this. They're all like this weird cult that eats people. Mm-hmm. Oh, they scared. We forgot to mention this. They actually literally scared yes. Karen to death while he was gone because like it was part of the cult thing that yes. she had to not have bruises on her. Yep. So there's the most ridiculous daylight scene of a person oh, wearing right. a shaggy dog costume running towards the house. Com- and comes he makes through the window. Like, like, it's so stupid. Comes through the window and then she's hiding in the bathroom because this Yeti is so small and ineffectual. A bathroom door stops <laughs> yes. it. But she opens a secret cabinet in there, and, and Laughing Crow, Laughing there. Crow, the quote unquote Indian, is there and just kind of frozen, like he's supposed to be a corpse. But then he starts moving, yep. like he's got a knife, yep. and then she does. Yep. So, without a backstory, the, the big hero comes back. He interrupts the procession. They seem to stab him unconscious into unconsciousness. Yeah, that was weird. And then he wakes up, and he's wearing his sweater. But there's little red spots on Blood it, like stains. they just, like, but like little tiny ones. But like we last we saw him, like all the people at this banquet, like twenty people, falling him, stabbing him for right. And then they're like, and it re- revealed the reason he was the star pupil of Doctor Prell was Prell wanted him to be the guy who takes over his chapter yeah. of the cannibalism cult. Mm-hmm. And they wheel in the body of his girlfriend Karen, and Laughing Crow holds up an electric meat knife. Yep. And for the first time in the movie, this guy who we were told couldn't speak, he goes, well, Keith, you want white meat or dark meat? Yep. And brings the knife down to the end. See, ironically, the name of the album with the heartbeats, it was called, Do You Want White Meat or Dark Meat? That's, oh, a, so that's he all he was saying. Just, yeah. yeah. Okay. So just, it could have just, it, it, depending on what the album, it could have been, he could have said, well, Keith, blood sugar, sex magic. Right. <laughs> 
Or Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. He could have said anything. What was that other song? With uh, popcorn by suck hot my butter. kiss. No, the suck. Oh, Ooh. no, Tim, the other song coming on to me. The other song. Tim, we do this off camera. Come on. My face is not symmetrical enough for you. I know. That's true. Fucking lumpy headed freak. <laughs> I have to get some plastic surgery right. if George is going to remain my friend. <laughs> uh, Said, can I tell you been... really quickly the story of Michael Finlay, the director? I guess so. Why not? It's a two-hour podcast, so this is... people. Yeah, it's a long one. It's a long one this week. Uh, I'll I'll make my revenge sequel short. It's okay. So Michael Finlay and his wife Roberta became these, like they became well-known fixtures in the New York nudie cutie, transitioning into like porn, kind of like porny films. But like they're always like very violent porn, right? Oh, I didn't know that. So you found out. Stuff. Yeah, apparently that's why he did the one called Stuff Film. In fact, I have some fucking insane quotes from his ex-wife. Uh, uh, Roberta, you want to hear this? Sure, if it's funny, if it's Roberta Finlay. (laughs) Michael wasn't really interested in making dirty films. He just felt this compulsion. I think what he really wanted to do was murder women, so he did it on film instead. Without the films, he would probably have killed women for real. He was a troubled person. Hmm. Actually, he was a big coward, so he probably wouldn't have followed through. Is that real? Yeah, I found this fucking um, insane. And then she adds later, personally, Mike was a very sweet guy, but he had his demons and was very crazy. He had a lot of problems. All his brothers were the same. His older brother was a psychologist who once told me, the only difference between me and the mental patients I treat is the desk that I sit behind. I blame their mother, a crazy Irish woman. This is from the (laughs) website, the Rialto Report, which has interviews with her. Now, did you hear how this fucker died? Yeah, helicopter accident. Helicopter accident. Okay. He was apparently a super neurotic guy. Mm-hmm. Was plagued with like we already heard about it. Like he got dosed up in Valium. He towards the end of his life, in about 77, he'd invented a new type of 3D camera that worked really well. Mm. It was making its premiere at Cannes, the film festival, and he was going to fly out from New York to go there. He was terrified of flying and on a moment like he was on this real upswing in his life where people were saying he got stuff together. In order to get over this, he decided to take apparently there was a a helicopter service that would fly you from the Pan Am building. Oh, yeah. Which is a skyscraper right behind Grand Central to JFK. It was like a 15 minute ride. Helicopter lands there. It's a big Sikorsky helicopter. There was like 21 people going on. Uh, four people lent, were had gotten on, including the three people in the crew. When suddenly one of the legs of the landing gear just buckled, the thing collapsed. Oh no! And he and three other people were chopped to ribbons Oof. by the blades on top of the building. The blades sh- on top of this Pan Am building. Oh. The blades shattered and flew all over Manhattan. Oh. A woman two avenues away was killed. No. Other people were killed like not killed like hurt three avenues away. It's wow. this crazy fucking story. Oof. Um yeah. Ouch. But then the, the stuff with his wife, that's also insane, right? It is. Like so anyway, feel good story, feel Michael good Finlay. Story. Quote, unquote, director of this movie. Out of respect, I won't read. I, I'm not going to pretend to read something wacky about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, revenge time? Okay, revenge yeah. time. Wherever you are, wherever you're hiding, I'll find you. I'll get you. I'll get you. Revenge. I'll get you. Revenge. Revenge. One of us will die. One of us will die. I will not let Cindy take my place. 
I will have my revenge. You know what Mark Twain says about revenge? Yeah, that's it. What's he say? <laughs> it's a dish. You better dig two graves, one for the person you're killing and one for yourself. It's me, Mark Twain. <laughs> that's it. Tim, that was your worst impression yet. <laughs> so, right. revenge. The wild card question. Wild card. Who is most likely to wake up next to a dead body and not know what happened? Which Man. which we all know, right? I mean, come on. I mean, I assume it's Keith, right? <laughs> it's because Keith never knew what was going on. <laughs> Keith is a fucking dumb as a rock. He like this movie could have very easily been Keith next to dead Karen, not realizing for most of the movie. I don't even think we need to like because we did go long. I don't even know if we need to elaborate on the story. I think that just no, he, that's just a plain fact. He, he well, no, he he uh, he went to Gloucester later that year, oh, yeah. and he did the cheese yeah. race down the hill. Oh, shit. He won it, even though he knocked himself out. And he woke up. Wait, was he already a cannibal he, at this point? He woke, Had he joined the cannibal cult? He woke up next to a dead body. He's like, I don't know what's happening. Oh, I guess I'll roll it down the hill. <laughs> Did he eat it? Was he in the cannibal cult at that point? I say, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. because so He takes that body. Because he was like, starting to eat the body next to him. And everybody's, hey, hey, he's not dead. <laughs> hey, that guy's just sleeping. He's like, oh, okay. And he goes to the other body, and the person who broke their neck slipping over a big chunk of Gouda. And he starts chewing down on him. Now, what you didn't mention, this didn't actually happen in Gloucester. This actually happened in Rome, Italy. And you know, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, they all started eating it. And that's what led to the giant cannibalism outbreak that destroyed Italy in the late 1970s. True. Yep. But also Gloucester. Gloucester. Gloucester, yeah. Gloucester. And Rome. It's not Rome. It's, pr- Rome? it's pronounced Rome. Rome. It's a Rome. No. Oh, okay. can you tell us about how do you tell us other places how they're really pronounced? <laughs> Just Rome, Gloucester. Gloucester. What else? Oh, uh, what's that place? Canada. It's up above Canada? America. Yeah. Mm. Canada. I'm surprised this movie wasn't filmed in Canada. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> who, who in their right mind wants to hear our revenge <laughs> sequels? You want me to go first? Yeah, this is a little tricky one because I feel like it's it. Despite us mocking it, it's a little bit of a tight film. It had a, There's not a lot of characters to like that let are left to be nope. to pull at the loose strings. I got one, it, but it wasn't. Yeah, you go. This first. movie had an okay story if it wasn't for all the stupidness. Shriek of the Mutilated, Part Two: The Revenge. Cue the music. <sighs> Two years later. Franz, Hansel, and Zelda are in the boring archaeology class taught by old man Dr. Jones. Hey, his class. They hear about Dr. Perel and his trips to find the Yeti, and in fact, one of the students, Franz, he has a ham radio set, and he has listened in on Dr. Perel's communications with the other Satanists. Franz knows what really goes on during his trips up north. He and his friends drop Dr. Jones's class, even though his class is going on a field trip to find Nazi gold or haunted artifacts or something. I was wondering if it was that Dr. Jones. (laughs) That guy's class is awesome. Who would want that class? So you see, you see, Franz and his friends, Hansel and Zelda, are people who have a cannibal fetish, except they have the kind of cannibal fetish where they want to be eaten. They want to go on one of Prell's trips so they can be eaten by cannibals. Mm-hmm. Like that German you guy. You follow me so far? Yes, this only happened yeah. once in Germany. 
So I'm sorry, I'm making these people German. German students. Yeah. German exchange students. Yeah, it's pretty racist. Pretty racist against German. <laughs> it's not racist. <laughs> All right. So when Saturnalia, is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Comes around yeah, the next year, Dr. Prell has a new scheme. As he can't do the same scheme all the time, it would be suspicious. It's now 1976, and this time he wants his students and himself to go... Wow. This time he wants his students to go with him to see the Freedom Train. Dr. Sprell explains that there's a secret car in the Freedom Train, and they're transporting the Ark of the Covenant, and they're going to steal it and use it for evil purposes. Franz and his friends know that the Satan cult don't want willing victims, so they have to pretend they don't know what's going on and play along. They drive to an old train station in upstate New York. Prell explains that it, it looks abandoned, but the train will stop here, get gas, and check its tires. <laughs> That's a weird train. Franz and, Hans, Franz and Hansel and Zelda are like, yes, we believe you. So they settle into a large house near the old train station, and Dr. Prell tells them, because he was very bossy in the movie, Prell tells them to take baths. To take baths for the train heist, because they need to be clean to touch the ark. And they're like, oh, yes, oh, yes, we will be marinated when you eat. I mean, we will rub the ch- beef what's, well clean. What's the word you said there? What's, what was <laughs> what marinated? Just... <laughs> they need to be clean to touch the ark. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they're like, then they say, oh, yes, we want to be marinated when you eat us. Uh, I mean, no, no, when we rob the train. Mm, playing their hand a little bit too loose there, yeah. <laughs> While Franz is bathing in oils and salt and olive oil. To make sure, like the way John does. Like John does. Yep. A dark John Kelly, our erstwhile host, not here right now. Obsessive a, with olive oil. A dark figure suddenly enters the bathroom. A dark figure suddenly enters the bathroom, holding a toaster. He tosses it into the bathtub and electrocutes Franz. Franz is like, nine, nine. I have not marinated enough, but he dies. It's a lot he has to yell at the, end. <laughs> the next day, Doctor Prell is perplexed, but Hansel and Zelda are like, too bad. Who knows what will happen? We should call the police, baby, but I'm sure the phone is not working. In uh, <laughs> France, he will tenderize. I mean, we will keep okay till tomorrow. Um, anyway. <laughs> Did you write the accent in your script you're no. reading off of? Okay. <laughs> All right. That morning, Hansel and Zelda are taking a bath together in a sexy scene as they pour salt on each other and try to tenderize each other. Hansel says, You're so sexy, the way you salt me, you will make me so testy. Testy? Tasty. <laughs> That's a bad accent. No, that was, what is, no, that was you. Again, a, a mysterious your, figure. Your obsession with testies on these poor Germans. You're so sexy, the way you salt, it will make me tasty. Again, a mysterious figure appears in the window and tosses a radio into the tub and electrocutes them as they yell, Do not forget, we will taste good with strudel. What was playing on the radio? Was it the song Popcorn by Hot Butter? No, it was the Osmonds. Ah! All right. Dr. Prell is indeed mystified as he planned to kill them in an abandoned train car with a fake Ark of the Covenant as a lure. But at least he can call his pals to come celebrate Saturnalia and eat some college kids again. As Dr. Pro cleans the frog pond out back to prepare for the party, a man with a toaster on a long extension cord comes at him. It's Spencer St. Clair. He survived being electrocuted in his bathtub. The electric shock made him nearly unkillable, like Jason or somebody. 
Yeah, that works. Thus, he planned his revenge against Dr. Prell for ruining his life and turning him into a groundskeeper when he really wanted to become a toaster repairman. He tosses the toaster into the frog pond, killing Prell and his pet frog, Mr. Mittens. (laughs) So the last scene is Spencer St. Clair looking at the latest newspaper, which has a headline about about an archaeologist having a shootout with neo-Nazis on the Freedom Train. And Spencer St. Clair wanders off into the woods with his vintage Sunbeam Model V2TU toaster. And this movie is called Shriek of the Marinated. So awful. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sorry that was so long, everybody. So, to add to the things that enrage me, you bringing Indiana Jones into this, my favorite movie, being besmirched with this crap. And I liked this movie, kind of. So, all right. So, I'll keep mine shorter. You don't have to. So, no, I've got it because I, you gotta. So, like I said, this movie is a little weird because it does tie up. Most of our characters are dead. Cue the music. Except yeah. for the, the rest of them. Yeah, cue the music. Most of our heroes, quote unquote heroes, are dead. Spencer's dead. His wife's dead. Three out of the four kids are dead. Dr. Prell's still alive. Werner is still alive. All the various tethnic, terrible ethnic stereotypes in their group are still alive. And we don't really know about Keith. Well, I'm just going to tell you. Keith does indeed join the Capital Cut. In case you're wondering... He went for the dark meat. Yeah, yeah. Eat some thighs. With some butter. He eats his girlfriend's. Uh, yeah, he put in some butter. He like his favorite sandwich is butter and ham. Yeah, so but he's like, yeah, I guess I guess legs are like ham, so he has that. Smash forward seven years later. It took a while to get the funding. Also, we know that they do this. They rotate every seven years, and like Keith is a full-on member of the cult. He's eaten so many people. Every year they've gone to different places. He's eaten people on the side, just left and right. He hangs out in New York City. If there's a person, like a dead hobo, he just kind of takes the guy home like a roadkill pizza and eats him. Does he eat them with the shamrock shakes, by the way? He, of course. Call back to that great joke. That was that joke, Tim. I'm so glad you brought it up again, because I was worried you were going to cut that out. I'm like, we can't cut that gold out. That shamrock shake, people people want to hear shamrock shake jokes. Okay. So yeah, he's so he has the shamrock shake. He's eating a dead hobo. He's he's put on a few pounds. He's filled out nicely. And it's it's their turn to host again. Yeah. So they go upstate. They have a new crop of students. There's Shecky. There's Dingle. <laughs> there's Fleabot. And then there's Fred. Okay. Yeah, and they're in this, they're in this new group. And they're not really worried about finding a nice person to replace. Keith's still a young guy. Mm-hmm. But this is the big baton handing. He's like the uh, the teacher's assistant. Right. And he's working with Dr. Pearl. Dr. Pearl's looking to retire, you know? He's got the gout from eating all those people. He's like, it's time to pass along to this thing. So they go up. They go. They don't stop off at the restaurant, famously this time, where we're first introduced to the wonder food that is Jin Sung. They go up to their little place. They arrive. Carl's dead. Carl. Oh, There's footprints. Verner. Carl Werner, the guy with the house. There's weird giant footprints leading away into the woods. Hmm. And they're like, "Wait, is there a real Yeti?" And the four, and you know, they kind of almost crack. They almost reveal to the four students, Shecky and Dingle and Fleabot and Fred, <laughs> that this is all a sham because they they're like, "It's real, it's real." They're like, well, yeah, that's the whole reason we're up here, Doctor Prell. He's like, "No, no." So they go, they go hunting for this Yeti. And 
they kind of like they're so worried they call in the other people from their murder cannibal cult in early mm-hmm. so there's offensive african stereotype offensive indian stereotype offensive. there's an irish guy who's always drunk and doing jigs <laughs> there's an italian guy with coarse body hair uh what other stereotypes there's a french guy who's very snooty uh there's a canadian guy who keeps saying i'm so canada canada Canada, Canada, you're right, because we learned that's how you pronounce it. There's a guy from Gloucester, and he's always rolling cheese at people. Tim, one by one, these people keep turning up dead. And it all evidence points to, it starts spreading out from Yeti. One guy whose name was Goatman Johnson, he gets sucked, he gets, like, like exsanguinated. Something sucked all his blood, like a chupacabra. Exsanguinated? Another guy goes... Did you say exsanguinated? Is that a real word? Exsanguinated. Yeah, it means all your blood removed. Oh, I'll use another big word. Another guy gets defenestrated. He gets thrown out the window. They see weird footprints in the window that look like they might belong to a mothman. Another guy's swimming in the duck pond, and he gets sucked under by, like, two humps on a creature. It's like the Loch Ness Monster. It's like a fucking weird, yeah. like, killing spree. But no, it's weird. What, what is weird? None of the students are dying this time. Shecky's fine. Fleabot's fine. Hmm. Uh, oh, I forgot the other names. Are they the Fantastic Four? Dingle. No, no, that would have been good, though. <laughs> At the end, the students, they have just, they just left to know what happens because they're not idiots. They don't, Dr. Prell's lost his touch. They're just like, yeah, we're going. They're not important to the story. It's just Dr. Prell and Keith are left. And then they hear like a really loud heartbeat coming in. Like, oh my God, this whole time it's been real. This is, we, we created the horror that will undo us. We were the monsters all along, but now a true monster will eat us. And then, a guy in the most ridiculously cheap costume just busts in the room and they're screaming. Keith wets himself. Dr. Prell fucking takes a liquid diarrhea shit down one leg. He's so scared. He releases his bowels. Ooh, just like Tom and Sawyer did. He was around 80. Just like Tom Sawyer famously did in uh, the book. Nobody's actually read Tom Sawyer. People don't realize. It's just it's just Mark Twain talking about all his bathroom accidents. He fooled you. But the Eddie's saying they're going like blah, 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 blah. Then it pulls off its head. Oh, okay. And beneath its head, because it was just a mask all along. You know who it is, Tim? <sighs> Richard Nixon. It's not Richard Nixon. I could guess though. It is the waiter from the Gin Sound restaurant. <laughs> all along. And he's like, You cheap motherfucker. It didn't tip me. You only left me a ten percent tip. <laughs> he's like, But I haven't been there in seven years. He's like, Yeah. I had a lot of time on my hands because of that. I made a Yeti costume and a Chupacabra costume and a Mothman costume. And now I take my final revenge on you. Nice. And know how he kills him? Um, butter knife? No. Um, I got nothing. It's a shamrock shake? Yeah, I got... Up the nose? Yeah, shamrock... He throws a <laughs> shamrock shake in his toaster and uh, it plays the Osmond so loud his head explodes. What type of toaster? Uh, it's a, uh, a Remco... Um, it's an antique known as the, the Swinger. The, 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 the Remco the Swinger, which is made for toasting ciabatta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Sorry. end. And the moral is, always tip your staff. Yes. Give them 20%. Right. This country, we don't give them a living wage. So they need those tips. And if the guy's going to go through the trouble of bringing you some gin sung, which is actually human flesh, you better be tipping that guy well, you fucking cheap asshole, Dr. Prell. What's the name of it? And what, what's the name of this movie? It's called, um, what was this don't, movie actually don't called? Don't Ask for Seconds. It was called Shriek of the Mutilated. Yeah, this movie's called The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs>
Oh my God. Woof. Well, are you going to pick a movie for us to watch next? Are we done? I am. And uh, this movie I'm picking uh, is very much inspired by the movie we watched. This movie put me in the mind of another film. I've actually seen this movie before. Oh, no. It's a movie I've almost picked a couple Unfair. times. And it always keeps slipping through. But I've, I've never seen this particular version, Tim. Like, this is a spoiler. Oh, it's a new version. Let me see. How many versions of certain well, movies? It's... Uh... No, it's not King Kong. It's um, I've only seen this version when it was MST3K. It was a show a movie that was featured in Mystery Science Theater. So this would be my first time watching it as an actual movie, okay. not listening to the amusing ant wisecracks of a couple of robots and a guy. Okay. It is a movie called Boggy Creek Two: The Legend Continues. Oh, it's on Tubi in for some reason two different versions, but they both seem to be the same thing. Um, well. I think you're going to like it. It's a movie that's made by, I think he was a, uh, he was like a, like a weird, like fertilizer salesman. Oh, it's a sequel to the original Boggy Creek, which if you ever watch any cryptozoology film, like they always talk, this was like this watershed movie in the seventies. I think I saw this. Can't find that one streaming anywhere, Ah, but this one, it's got a very similar, very similar feeling setup to this movie. Like this movie, I'm like, Oh, this feels like Boggy Creek too. The, the professor going into the woods with his students. Yeah. That's pretty much what Boggy Creek 2 happens. It, it differs from there. Huh. But, hmm. And there is a Mystery Science Theater version, so if you want to wa- watch it with funny jokes, that's probably out there too. No, just watch it without it. If you're watching, pay attention. to. For, hey, do we have mail? Do we? I hope, you didn't write a letter, did you? We don't have time. We don't have time. I don't think I did. I've, I did write a letter. I don't remember if we read it or not. You said you were going to last week. I definitely have sent you a letter. Well, we're too we've, Do we have any mail? We're too long. We can't read it. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it to open. If you're reading that, I'm um, I'm reading what Spencer's teacher told him when they went to the the petting zoo. What was it? Uh, oh, you got nothing. I called your bluff. I called your fucking bluff. Teacher said, "Spencer, you're like you're like a waterfowl named Seven. And Spencer says, what do you mean I'm a waterfowl? I'm like a waterfowl named Seven. The teacher says, you're an odd duck. And that's how we'll end this show. Email us. Forever. Email us. <laughs> Gmail. It's the, it's the end of Seti Bimco. Seti Bimco with an E at Gmail. Send us a letter and uh, you can tell us anything. Anything. Tell us which of our sequels you liked better. Tell Write us your own about... sequel, but out of the hundreds of sequels yeah. that we receive, we're going to only read the best one. The, hun- the thousands. Because yeah. every week, you know, we have so much mail. We just can't read them all. That's why we don't ever read mail unless it's written by me. No. It's not that I'm the only person who ever writes in and occasionally no. we get texts from my cousin. Hundreds, hundreds of emails. Millions. <laughs> we're going. we got to go. There's nothing right. else. Nothing else. An hour, 25 minutes. Oh, my God. Well, cut out one like the next, f- you had like fifty things that made you enraged. Cut out some of them. next week. Boggy Creek two, or is it Foggy Bottom Part one? Uh, Soggy Bottoms three. Soggy Bottoms three. Returns. Now we're cooking. Yeah. Now no. it's time to end the show. And now you're yes right. and me with Soggy Bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, George. One, one note. Hey. One note. Hey, yeah. Whoa, hey, before whoa, we say hey. goodbye, next week yeah, is whoa. when America celebrates the Fourth of July and they eat hot dogs. Shoot yeah. fire, firecrackers, which I'm not going to do any of that, but we're going to take next week off. So uh-huh. no episode 
See uh-huh. you the week after when we watch Boggy Creek, The Adventure Continues. It's going to be the best or it's, episode. As it's also known, what? I, I forgot. The Barbaric Beast of Boggy Creek 2. That's what it's Boggy called. Creek 2. All right. Is that weird? Like, what a weird name. All right, bye. This has been a Pity Party Line production. It's a party line. Video, we're going to look at some uh, vintage toasters. I have uh, kind of uh, affection for old toasters. I like the chrome, and uh, they look like old cars to me, like old classic cars. Um, this one is a Nat Monarch uh, telematic. Uh, they call these floppy toasters. This was manufactured probably in the early 30s. A friend of mine got this at a yard sale for two bucks. And it was in pretty bad shape. The cord was a disaster.